Hey everyone, and welcome back to Country Music Made Me. Thank you so much for joining us once again. On today's episode, we are excited to be welcomed by Landon Parker. Landon released his debut single, Good Beer Drinkin', earlier this year, but it is far from the first music he has ever released. It was actually back in 2012 that he released his very first album, Countryside. Now, it was also around that time that he got a call from Scott Simon, who is Tim McGraw's manager, to travel out to Nashville and join the country music group Chasin' Crazy. Now, he did that. He made the move. He joined the band and he was with them for five years up until 2017 when he got the itch once again to chase a solo career. So since that time, he has been on that path. And in 2022, he finally released his first music with three singles so far this year. And he's currently working on his debut album, which he hopes to be out later in 2022. So please enjoy our conversation with Landon Parker. You know, yesterday was my birthday, so I couldn't couldn't ask for better. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, how'd it go? It was good. Um, I got a new pair of boots, Tacovas actually. There was a limited edition out, and it was like a lizard pair. So I was like, I gotta have them. And it was funny. My wife, she said, uh, she sent me a screenshot and said they were out of stock, and I was like, oh, of course, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get them. And then she she was like, I thought you saw him on the front porch. And I was like, no, I didn't. So come my birthday, she brought a box. I was like, all right, it's either a Mac computer or it's uh, to go. <laughs> I was like, she tricked me. I knew it. But that's awesome. So how how do they feel? Like, how long do you think it'll take to really break them in? Um, honestly, my, my parents are in town and I if I you know, I'll come home and be like, you take my boots off. And she says, no, I'm not taking your boots off. These boots, let me tell you, I'm taking like 15 minutes to get them off. Um, I try to get my mom to take them off and she, she was having a hard time. It was, it was rough, honestly. Oh man, that's (laughs) hilarious. That's great. And another funny thing I saw is uh, you, you finally broke down and did the tortilla challenge uh, with your wife. What was that like? Um, well, since I came out with the song up for anything, I was like, ah, I got to do it. Um, but honestly, I was like, I, I'm not going to laugh. I already knew it. But what really tripped me up was, well, honestly, me and my wife, we always play paper, rock, scissors all the time to be like, all right, you do this, whatever. Um, but we did six, it was six times in a row that we got paper, rock, scissors. And we were just, I was like, how long is this going to go? <laughs> but then she spit water out on the dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you saw, but my dog, uh, whenever I put the tortilla down, tortilla down, she jumped up and got a bite of it. I don't know if you caught that. Or I not, didn't know. But, uh, you have to go back and look at it. Yeah, I uh, will. That's for sure. So what is that social media game like? Because I saw, I think it was a while ago, you like posted that you were just looking out over a field. And like you, you had some sort of mention about like looking for a, to go viral. something viral. Yeah. Trying to go viral. And so yeah. that whole social media game, what is that like for you? Um, it's just trying to find the trends that fit me. Um, I'd seen Cameron Marlowe do it and I was like, that's, that's really smart. I'm going to try that. <laughs> so, you know, it's just when you see something or you just come up with your own little thing, um, it like, the trend thing 
I'm still getting used to it, um, but I'm I'm really loving it. So, uh, I don't know. Social media is a, is a funny funny game. I yeah. guess it's just changed so much over the years. Yeah, exactly. And I have to ask before we go on, where are you? I see a bunch of plaques in the back and some nice looking awards. Where is all of that hanging? So these are these are all mine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they actually did save me a little spot right here. Um, I'm in my management's office. So oh, okay. you know, Tim, Tim's got every one of these walls filled up with plaques and awards and, you know, and I'm just hoping for one little spot right there. Yeah, you'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> I got to start they'll, somewhere. They'll change them all out. By the time you're done, they'll be taking down all that Tim stuff and putting up yours to replace it. Well, I'm hoping one of these will be like Landon Parker and Tim McGraw do it. You know, there you just going to throw it out there. That's amazing. Well, I'll tell you a bit about the podcast. Country Music Made Me. It's all about the journey of a musician. And you are sort of the very reason I love this podcast, because for everyone who sort of knows your music over the past year or two, they think you're a new artist, but you are anything but a new artist within the country music scene. You've had a story to past already throughout this career. And so I'm very excited to dive into it. Let's start back home. Now, how do you pronounce your hometown? Yakinville. Yakinville. That's yeah. what I thought. Now, a small town <laughs> in North Carolina. So talk about what life was like, because the music thing didn't come until sort of your mid-teenage years. So what did music mean to you growing up before that? I mean, I grew up hunting, fishing. My Both of my parents loved country music. My dad, he listened to Black Hawk and Clint Black, Brooks and Dunn. My mom listened to Shania Twain, Dixie Chicks. So I was always surrounded by country music. And being around it all the time, I just started picking it up and singing. I didn't think, I didn't know if I'd sing. I just sang along. Um, my parents never said anything like, oh, you're a great singer. You should, you know, we should get you an instrument or whatever it is. Um, I would say... It wasn't until I went to Disney World when I was in fifth grade and I was so stoked about this Rascal Flatts album and I, I hadn't bought an album myself. So I used my money to go buy this album and bought it. And I was so stoked to learn all the words. I think it was the one with I Melt and or maybe it was me and my gang. I think it was me and my gang. Oh, OK. Um, started listening to that and. Then when I turned 16 years old, I think my dad, maybe he saw some potential of me singing because I do karaoke and stuff at the house. So he picked up a, a guitar in Tennessee and brought it back home and was like, hey, um, I want to teach you some chords. He, I don't think he thought I was going to actually like continue playing, but right. I did. And actually, uh, my brother picked it up as well. My brother showed me some like more fancier chords and things like that. And um, I think I kind of surpassed all of them. And I started writing music with my brother and we came out with our first album, came here to Nashville when I was 17, recorded right. a whole album. Let's, let's stop there for a sec. We'll get to yeah. there in a sec. But you mentioned karaoke around the house. Now tell me about that. Was that something that really filled you with passion or was it just a fun family event that would happen around the house? Uh, my dad bought a karaoke machine and we would have karaoke night. And I want to say like maybe some aunts and uncles would come over sometimes. And when that, when they came over, I was very scared and like almost embarrassed 
Oh, okay. But my, my voice was higher, so I could sing uh, higher songs like, uh, I don't know, Patsy Cline or, um, or Rascal Flats or whatever it is, God Bless the Broken Road, things like that. I wasn't I wouldn't hitting the notes of Josh Turner of, you know, your man or, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was, I was just very scared. Um, I had stage fright for a really long time. Oh, wow. Um, Like, I mean, honestly, even till this day, I still get butterflies before every single show. And I'm like, I've done this a million times, but I always get butterflies, which I I think that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we get to going to Nashville and recording with your brother, like you talked about, now you won a local television like contest. Was that before yeah. you went to Nashville that first time? That was before. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I started doing covers or putting covers up on YouTube to see kind of the response. And I had a lot of people from my high school, my family, friends, they were all very supportive. So I was like, I'm gonna enter this contest because if you won, you got um Pat, you got to skip the first round of America's Got Talent. So you went straight to the producers. And then you, the next step was when you actually got to go on TV. Right. So I won the contest and I got to play on my local news station and went and tried out for America's Got Talent. They told me no, which was kind of heartbreaking. Um, but I told myself, I was like, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep trying because there's plenty of people who think that, you know, I have potential. Um, but now listening back to what I sounded like back then, I was like, no wonder they told me no. (laughs) And what do you think when you look back on that interview? Because I saw the interview you did with the local TV station and you seemed like a very shy kid. Oh my goodness. I still have nightmares. I, I go back every now and then and watch it. Um, I was just on a local station up in Wisconsin for Summerfest and I went back and looked at it and I was like, I wonder what that interview is like again. And so she's like, so what do you think your, your fans and friends and family think about it? And I'm just like, Oh no, I guess they liked it. So are you glad to be out of school? And I'm like, yeah. And it was so early in the morning and I was scared out of my mind. They asked me to play, I think winter wonderland and which I was not that good at guitar. So I was already stressing out about learning, like playing that live on television, trying to remember all the words and not mess up the chords. It was it was a stressful moment for a high schooler. (laughs) I bet. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it was about a year after that you went down to Nashville. Now, I saw that you had posted that you had toured the Opry. Now, was that that same trip when you went down? No, um, my parents, they took me out to Nashville. No, actually it was when we came out to record the album, they were like, oh, let's go tour the Opry. So we went on a little tour and we're with a bunch of people and we went, you know, to the circle and my parents were like, you should go sing on the circle. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go sing just acapella in front of all these people. They're like, "You come on, this, you, this is your shot. Just go and sing on it. So there's a video somewhere out there of me singing on the circle, or maybe there's a picture. I, I don't there know. is a picture. I saw the um, picture for sure. Picture. Okay. Well, that there's a video, but I don't know where it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I sang tomorrow by Chris Young. I think, I think that's what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, it was just a cool experience. I, I actually just went back to, um, country music hall of fame, brush up on some history. And, um, you know, dream. 
that one of these one of these days I'm gonna be in here. <laughs> <laughs> and when you stepped in that circle on that trip, like realistically in your mind at that yeah. point, was a country music career what you wanted? Is that circle what you saw your future as? Yeah, I kind of made that decision when I was 16. Oh, okay. Um, that uh, basically I just wanted to pursue music. I, I always loved playing sports. I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player. And, you know, all the ladies in school told me, they're like, oh, you sound like a famous baseball player. I love your name. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a good catcher. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I quit playing sports and, you know, I just made that decision. I actually graduated high school. What was it? Like six months early. So I could actually start pursuing music earlier. Oh, okay. Um, so um, you only needed 24 credits, you know, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm, what am I going to take gym? And uh, I don't know. It was like all easy classes basically to finish out the year. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to start, you know, getting a band together. Um, but I actually found some really good talented people in North Carolina and I, I played with a full band for about a year. And, you know, we played some local shows around and I got to open for Chris Lane. Um, he, he would let me come out and open for him every now and then. Oh, okay. It was awesome. And one day I played it, I want to say it was my first band show ever. And uh, Angie Ward was out there. She She's with 104.1, the local station there. Oh, okay. She came out and we were opening for Florida, Florida Georgia Line. Oh, really? I had no idea who they were and they hadn't like cruise wasn't out yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we played, um, or we got up on stage and did our sound check, whatever. And when I was doing sound check, I got off and Brian and Tyler, they were just like, dude, you sound incredible. Like loved your set, all that stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. But they showed up in this really nice band and I was like, who, who are these guys? Um, and little, little did, that I know that their first soundcheck song was Cruise. And I called my brother immediately. It was like, dude, look up this song, Cruise. This is the future of country music. I promise you. And we looked it up, thought it was incredible. And it had like 5,000 views, maybe on YouTube at the time. Wow. And went back like three weeks later, half a million, million. It just kept growing. And I was like, I knew it. That was, that was one of my my things that I would love to do is I would go buy an album and I would try to pick out like three songs on the album and be like, this is going to be a single. This is a single. This is like, it was a fun thing for me. And if they didn't pick what I thought, I'd be like, what? Come on. <laughs> but honestly, I, I feel like I was, I was pretty accurate. Um, so when it came to picking songs, so I try to pat myself on the back whenever it comes to knowing what's a good song and what's not a good song. Right. That's awesome. And so going down to Nashville and recording your album and having the opportunity to play shows and open for these bigger acts, how did those opportunities come about? How did you start making connections within the world of country music? Um, I was friends with the um, the two big clubs there, Bucked Up and Johnny and Junes. They were rivals. Um, so I kind of had to pick one. And it put me between a rock and a hard place because I was like, I love this place and I love this place. So um, I, I wound up playing more at Johnny and June's eventually. Um, they were, you know, both places were very good to me. Um, but it just happened that, you know, Johnny and June's, they were giving me a lot more, a lot more shows and things like that. Um, 
but seeing but seeing Chris Lane even at that point because he he wasn't he wasn't living in Nashville at the point or at that time but okay. he would literally bring he was bringing out like 200 people and people were just knew all of his songs that's this is when he was Chris Lane band oh, he okay. wasn't just Chris Lane um so it was just really cool to see the process and actually um before I moved to Nashville Chris Lane moved out here I still live in North Carolina um and Scott Simon had seen some of the covers that I did on YouTube and he asked me to move out to Nashville and I, I was like afraid to move out to Nashville. Yeah. Um, and so I actually called Chris Lane and I was like, dude, what do you think about me moving out to Nashville? And we talked for like an hour and he basically was just kind of telling me the industry and how it worked. And this is what he's doing. You know, like literally I had no idea what the music industry was like. Um, Right. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so about that time. So you had just released your album, I believe countryside, and then you get yeah. a call from Scott saying, come out here to Nashville. We have this group that you want, we want you to join. Like what was that time like in trying to make that decision and trying to say, am I going to stay here and be a solo artist and maybe take the safer route? Or am I going to jump off this ledge and take a chance yeah. and move to Nashville? Like my parents have always been very supportive, but when I told them about the Nashville band and I was like, this is what it is. Like I'm going to have to share stardom with four other people. So I was like, this is going to be like the one direction of country. So that's kind of what it's going to be like. Um, and they were just, I think they just believed in me as a solo artist. And I was like, just let me go out to Nashville, see what, see what it's like and see what their music's like, whatever. And I, I went to Nashville and they showed me, I think three songs. And they were like, this is what we're working with. Here's some demos. And literally I just fell in love with all the songs. I was like, these songs are smashes. Like this, is this is going to work. So we started, um, rehearsing as a band every day for like eight, 10 hours a day, just working on harmonies. Um, I didn't even know how to sing harmony. I, didn't, oh, I, thought really? it was like, I thought it was like the octave. I don't, I've never sang harmony. My dad can sing harmony. My mom can sing it. Me, I wasn't blessed with it. So I'm like, I'm about to move out here for a harmony band and <laughs> I don't really know harmony. So I would have to learn the parts um, by memory. And then I would put earplugs in my ears. And I learned the part and that's what I would sing. Oh, really? I was good with timing. So I didn't really have to hear the other, the other guys. Um, but with so much rehearsal, it's like, you know, you, you just become really tight over time. Yeah, exactly. And so Chasing Crazy was the band that was formed. Now, how quickly did that rise? I want to say we were like rehearsing for like six months. And then when October rolled around, we put out our first single and it like right when we released our single, it was like radio tour, bunch of shows. We were traveling the world. It was all like not the world. It was the United States, but it was great. Um, and, you know, a few years after that, we put out our next single. We got to like top 11 on Sirius XM. And, uh, you know, we had we had our peaks. And then we wound up changing our band name and then we basically dissolved after that point. Yeah. And that change in band name, like you had your single that was doing quite well. So smack dab was the single that was yeah. doing quite well. But yeah. during that time, that's when you made the name change. And I was looking at your social media and it's almost like 
you were two different bands at the same time because you were sort of posting from both band accounts. So what was the thought in that, in changing the name at that time? Um, I was kind of on the fence about it, but there was, there was a few guys in the band that kind of wanted to go one way. I mean, we all kind of, we kind of wanted to go more Eagles with it. Um, more man band, I guess is what we would call it. Um, but it, it was, it was definitely interesting because we were just coming up with more musical stuff, um, which I think is where I got a lot of my musical influences for like good beer drinking and call me in a good time. Like I was not very good at guitar, but being in that band for, for five years um, really, really helped me get to that point where I think it's helping establish me as a solo artist. And so when you made the decision to leave the band, like it felt like, that was your decision. It wasn't necessarily the band dissolving, but like you had posted uh, a note on social media saying that you and another member had made the decision to leave the band. So was that your decision? Yeah. I mean, we just wanted to basically just go our separate ways since the other two guys or other three guys, they just kind of wanted to do something else. So we were just like, well, I think this is our time to go and branch out and be solo artists. Uh, yeah. So we're all still good friends. And what was that time like for you? Like when you're going solo, I read that maybe you didn't even see yourself going to Nashville. You were thinking about maybe going home because that's where your, I think, wife, who was your girlfriend at the time, was living. And so what was your decision making process within that? Um. Yeah, I was definitely going to move back home to to live with her and you know, we were just going to live our lives in North Carolina, but Blake Chancy, producer of Dixie Chicks and Montgomery Gentry and a bunch of other people, um, he found out that I wanted to go back home and he was like, don't go anywhere. I want to sign you to a publishing deal. Um, I've already talked to Scott Simon, Tim McGraw's manager. He's like, we want to like help develop you as an artist. So stay put. Um, and I, it was just very exciting. I, and I've had to think about it because I was like, I mean, this is what I moved here for. Like, and now that I have another opportunity, it just kind of fell in my lap. I'm like, this is God taking care of me, you know? Right. And so heading into your new music, where is that sort of coming from? Because spending so much time in a band and, you know, moving away from your own music, did it take some time to swerve back into the solo lane and sort of get back to the type of music that you wanted to create? Yeah. So when he said publishing deal, I was like, I've always written for a band. I don't know what I'm going to write about as a solo artist. So I went back to the basics and I got out a notepad and a and a pen and i was like i'm just gonna start writing my thoughts even if it doesn't make sense i'm just gonna keep writing my thoughts and one day um i started writing down something and um i picked up my guitar and i said she'll bite and i was like what does that even mean she'll bite and my wife's like i love that you need to write that so i had to think about it um so i actually wound up writing this song almost by myself i had to have two other guys join on to help me finish it but um, I wrote it about my grandpa who passed away from pancreatic cancer like 10 years ago. Maybe no, actually it's been like 11 now. Um, but after writing that song, I feel like just it clicked. 
of like this, I know I know what I need to write about. I need to write about my family, my life experiences, um, you know, my parents, my love life, um, you know, now having a baby. Um, but even even when I didn't have the baby at the time, I was like, all right, think of future stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Put it in the universe. Yeah, exactly. And now we have three singles from you. And is there an EP you're working on for later this year? Yeah, we got six songs done right now and we're working on two more. They're almost done. But um, one is a song written by Matt Ramsey from Old Dominion. And another song is one that I wrote called Godsend. And I'm thinking that that's going to be the next single. So everybody look for that. I would maybe say late August, early September. Nice. And so moving into your solo career, as you create this music, how important has it been to have Blake there with you producing to just help guide you as you, like we say, get back into more of the solo route and moving away from the band work? Yeah. I mean, he really helped me. We would go in and do like demos and we would kind of like workshop the song before we went actually in the studio and like recording it. Um but he's he's very open to like I want to make you happy. If the, if you don't like this, let's fix it. How can we make you happy? And honestly, I feel like that's been so awesome of him to do that because you know not everybody really cares about the artist. You know there might be some people out there like that, but you know when you find someone who actually cares about you and they want to make you happy, I mean that's just I think amazing. Thank you once again so much for listening and thank you to Landon for stopping by and sharing his story. Be sure to check out all of his new music and also keep an eye out for his new album coming later this year. Please also be sure to give us a follow and maybe even leave us a review if you enjoyed today's episode. You can also visit us at countrymusicmademe.com to sign up for our newsletter that will allow you to stay up to date on all of our upcoming guests and also receive exclusive content. Just head over to countrymusicmademe.com and hit that subscribe button. Thank you once again so much for listening and we'll see you next time on Country Music Made Me.